Welcome to episode four of the Worship is Life podcast, where worship equals relationship and relationship is the purpose of life. I'm your producer, Taylor Marshall, and today's guest is a dear friend of mine, Caleb Wire of My Mountain, and here is your host, Todd Marshall. Thank you, Taylor, and welcome, Caleb. Love to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so great to have you. We are so excited to uh, hear about My Mountain, the nonprofit that uh, God spoke to you about starting, and you have just been responding and going for it uh, in obedience, and we're seeing it unfold, um, and it's so awesome. Uh, so awesome. Um, I know we got listeners that are just excited to hear about the content and about that story, but we're going to keep uh, just pressing in on our vision of worship equals relationship, and relationship is the purpose of life. So we want our listeners to get to know you. We want them to hear about how we're connected to you. And uh, as Taylor mentioned before, you guys have a great friendship. So I'm actually going to hand it over uh, to Taylor and you, Caleb, and uh, just talk about, yeah, how you guys know each other and and uh, where you met. Um, yeah, talk to us. Yeah, we both went to North Central University. I actually met Taylor when he was a PSEO student, so he was still in high school, and he was always hanging out on my floor in college and with That's some right. mutual friends, and we had a lot of late nights together playing video games and just talking <laughs> and just hanging out, but I actually had the opportunity to lead a ministry at North Central called Praise Gathering, which is just a two-hour worship set from every Wednesday night from 10 to 12, and uh, needed to put together a team for that, and the Lord had just placed Taylor on my heart. I really didn't know anything about him. As Taylor would say, like, he had never even sung for me. Never. Um, <laughs> or played for me or anything, mm. but I just saw him uh, in the atrium at North Central one day. and was like, I need to talk to that guy about worship, right. and God has just been in that relationship ever since. We've been doing a lot of ministry together mm -hmm. over the past three or four years now. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we've seen God move in a lot of impactful and crazy ways. And so I'm very thankful for Taylor and he's still helping out a lot with my mountain at our prayer room. Yeah. Just this last couple of Mondays, we did some stuff together. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Just to uh, see God again, just speak uh, to you, Caleb, um, and you just being willing to be obedient, just going on the word of God and what he is, what he said. And the relationship that's come from that, the fruit that's come from the ministry of that. Yeah, that was actually crazy because I uh, I was first an instrumentalist, not a vocalist. And I felt the Lord calling me and prepping me to lead worship, which obviously, you know, in the context of vocals, leading worship while singing, obviously. And so, um, so I had this massive insecurity as a vocalist because there's a lot of better vocalists and more central than me. And it's the last thing I remember, I wouldn't even sing in front of you, dad. Like I, I was just not, mm -hmm. I couldn't, you couldn't even get me to sing in front of you at a piano. So insecure about it. So the Lord started stretching me in that. And I had this interview with you guys and I was like, just felt like this pressing in my heart to go through with it. And I was like, if he picks me, that's got to be from the Lord because you literally had not heard me sing one time. And I was like, what if I get this position? And he's like, oh, shoot, what have I done? So, But it was the Lord for sure working through the whole situation. Wow. I, I think that's really cool, too, just because I'm very passionate about people's gifts and passions. And mm -hmm. that's kind of just how the Lord has assembled teams, even for my mountain now, mm -hmm. of God uh, not necessarily bringing in the most qualified or the most experienced right people, but basically just speaking and giving me discernment to say like, you, we, we need to pull this out of them and using me and helping me do that has yeah. been just really cool. And I love that. Like now you're a full-time musician right. and like, I get to be a part of that story. Absolutely. So that's really cool. And that like that whole opportunity at North Central for me was huge and groundbreaking. And even like, I remember as leading worship at praise gathering, um, with you that it, 
I would have moments of like, you know, all these people engaging with the songs that I've selected and different stuff. And, and we're just have this encounter with the Lord. And I just felt like this is where I want to be like doing this and different stuff. So, and then, and then a year of growing and stretching along that. So like seeing how that opportunity turned into, you know, so beneficial and fruitful to what I do now full time. It's very cool. It's cool. Yeah. And I think what's great is that that story is a snapshot of the vision and the mission of my mountain. That's right. Which we're going to be, we're going to be talking about. Yep. Um, but before that, uh, just tell our listeners a little more about yourself, Caleb, where you're from, your family. Yeah. So I'm originally from Nebraska where my dad is a pastor and came to school in North Central in Minneapolis. And then right out of uh, college, I got a job in Hastings, Minnesota um, as a youth pastor and was there for uh, a little over a year and a half. And then last May, May 20. 19, the Lord uh, led me to step away from that and do my mountain full time. The dream kind of came in November 2018. Mm. It's just one of those dreams that felt different. It was when I'm a dreamer by nature, but this dream just felt a little bit different. This word felt a little bit different. So I held on to it for a couple months. And within those couple months, the Lord said, uh, yeah, in May will be your last uh, last month at Crossroads Church. And so stepped into it full time last year. Um, and my mountain, I don't know if you're going to ask me this, but just so our viewers know or our mm-hmm. listeners know, like mm-hmm. it's a nonprofit ministry. Uh, we're, we're trying to inspire, equip and encourage people to know and show God through their dreams and passions and gifts that God has given. That's great. Them. Um, and so we do that in a lot of different ways. Um, and God has continually showed us how we're going to do that. And it's still a work in progress, but, um, yeah, that's what I'm doing now full time as well as, uh, I speak at churches, I teach at a school, I do a lot of different things. And so it's cool. Just doing whatever God leads me to do. And yeah. I'm really excited about it. Beautiful. So really the main, the main purpose of this podcast is helping people experience in other people's lives, what it looks like and what it sounds like in relationship with God, for God to speak, to show, to reveal, um, and then us hearing that, seeing that, sensing that, and then responding to that, and then watch God respond to our response. And I love hearing, because we're talking about something very mysterious here, right? Like you're talking about a very dramatic experience in your call to come out of that role as a youth pastor and step into the unknown, which is very similar as we've talked about it over lunch, very similar to what I shared in the episode number one of my story of when God called me out of 30 years of staff ministry right. into starting the ministry of worship is life. So, so if you can, I know it's mysterious, Caleb, but if you can, can you put words to what it's like for you when you sense God's saying something specifically, whether it's a dramatic experience or whether it's just a small thing. Like, what's it like for you to hear God, see God, sense God's leading? Yeah. uh, One of the words that really stuck out to me just as you were talking is this word of revelation. Hmm. Um, And I really believe uh, God wants to reveal himself to us. Um, The Bible says that God has a lot of thoughts about us, Hmm. and I think he wants us to know those thoughts. And so I believe like he's he's always speaking, uh, whether that's Um, in our spirits or through his world or through other people, God wants to reveal his heart to us. And, and so I would say to answer your question, it's both. I believe that as people, we can have mountaintop experiences, um, but we can also have everyday ordinary experiences with the Holy spirit that turn extraordinary and turn divine and turn spiritual. 
Um, and what I mean by that is you see Moses going to the top of the mountain and getting mm-hmm. the law and he's away from the people and the clouds cover him and he's speaking face to face with God. It's just this very surreal, holy, divine experience. And you see the same thing with Jesus and James and John. They go to the top of the mountain and Jesus is transfigured. And there's this idea of like, wow, we are in a special place. And I think that's sometimes how God talks to us where in my room or in my car or uh, at a worship night or at a prayer night where it's just like me and him and Mm. I just feel it within my spirit. Sometimes it's not audible physical words, but uh, thoughts within my spirit that I know are not my own that I say, man, that is that is God. And for me, when it came to leaving Crossroads, I was in my car and it was just this very much a, hey, this is what I need you to do. And Mm. I knew partially that it wasn't me because of how well my job was going at that time. Like Mm -hmm. I was being successful. I loved the people I was working with. I was seeing God move and I hadn't been there very long. I thought I was going to be there a lot longer than I was, but that was kind of where I was at with that. And so I just prayed on that and, uh, for about two weeks and just God kind of confirmed it. But opposite of the mountaintop, like you always have to come down from the mountaintop and you see that with Moses and with Jesus, where Jesus is transfigured Peter wants to stay on the mountain. He Mm. wants to stay in isolation. He wants to stay where he's experienced God's glory before. But Jesus says, no, we need to go into the world and experience God's Mm -hmm. glory. And they get to the bottom of the mountain. And one of the most incredible miracles in the Bible happens where a deaf and mute spirit is cast out of a little boy. Mm. And the same thing happens with Moses, where Moses can't stay on the mountain. He has to go back and experience God amongst the people um, and lead the people. And so I believe that we can experience God. We can we can have revelations of who God is uh, throughout this world. And I think that's just by inviting the Holy Spirit into your everyday experience and believing that he'll speak to you and teach you um, and lead you closer to his heart through conversations and through people and through nature. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. I love the way you say that because, um, you know, one of my main truths that God has called me to speak is that Worship is relationship, relationship with God, which always translates into relationship with others. And as you talk about Jesus bringing the disciples off the mountaintop, as you talk about Moses coming down the mountaintop, the whole purpose of that was so that uh, experience in relationship with God now translates into experience with relationship with those around them and building them up and speaking truth and encouraging them and loving them loving them. We worship God best when we love others. Um, And again, excited to talk about my mountain and how that plays out in your nonprofit ministry. Um, So keeping with all that in mind, so take us back to the beginning. Like, um, what was it like in you beginning your relationship with God? You, in your initial relationship with God, it's like, this is this is when I came alive. This is when my eyes opened. This is when my ears opened. This is when my senses opened up to wow, God. And what what was what's your story there? Yeah, I think my story is similar to a lot of people's. Is that uh, the light was always around me, but I couldn't see it till mm. I was in the dark, mm. and I was in a very very dark place. Um, and something that I've always struggled with, probably my biggest fear is disappointment. And I had just gone through disappointment after disappointment of wanting things to work out how I wanted them to work out. Mm. And basically just came to this place of no hope, 
of not wanting to move on. Um, and that's where the Lord found me is actually through a tweet, um, which is funny, uh, because I was in this dark spot. I was on Twitter. Somebody tweeted about being in love with Jesus. I said to myself, you know what? I've probably said this before and I've heard other people say it hundreds of times. I have zero idea what this means. Hmm. What does it mean to be in love with Jesus? Hmm. Um, and I just told him right there, like, Hey, like I want to fall in love with you. And hmm. that was the night, uh, just laying in my bed, uh, wow. that I believe I, he really revealed himself to me and, and what I've been learning over that was, uh, between my, uh, sophomore and junior year of college. So a couple, four or five years ago now. Hmm. And what I've learned is that God is raising children. He doesn't bippity boppity boo us. And we're the, the queen or the princess at the ball, he's raising sons and daughters. And so these past four or five years, uh, since I prayed that prayer has been just him teaching me how to fall in love with him. Uh, And it's not even teaching me how to fall in love. It's just him revealing himself. And I just get to fall in love, uh, because everything he is, is everything that I want. Mm. So it's very cool. Wow. Beautiful. So my mountain, tell us about the vision and the mission of my mountain. Yeah, I would love to. So my mountain, um, I am a person that is passionate about other people's passion. I love seeing the life in people's eyes when they tell me about what they love to do. And so it was actually, I'll kind of tell you just the beginning of it. I actually went to uh, our good friend, Stephen Witt's album release uh, concert. And it was his first studio album. And it was this worship thing. And I had gone to it. uh, And then the next day, I was just thinking about, man, I know so many incredibly gifted and passionate people that the only difference between them and somebody quote unquote successful is the people they know and the resources at uh, their disposal. Mm -hmm. And so I, that was kind of where the dream of my mountain came is like, what if there was an organization that just invested into people's dreams and passions and gifts that God has given them? Um, and through that, um, it just turned into God again, teaching me and leading me in this dream that, um, that passion is a gift from God. It's part of the deepest parts of who we are and it needs to be fostered and it needs to be stewarded and it needs to be given to other people and given to the Holy spirit in order for it to be successful. And so, uh, the biggest thing I've learned in this past year is that intimacy with Jesus produces activity for Jesus. We can take, um, all the great grind willpower we want and, match it with our dreams and our passions. But at the end of the day, if we're not doing it for Jesus and in Jesus and by Jesus and through Jesus, Mm -hmm. it's not going to get us anywhere. It's not going to satisfy us. It's not going to fulfill us. So this past year and a half, I started this in uh, January, 2019. Uh, This past year and a half has really just been a journey of discovering who Jesus is and then operating out of our passions in that. And so this past year we've done worship nights, we've done prayer rooms. Um, our prayer room is a place where people can come and experience God. Um, but we want them to leave changed. We want them to do something about it. There's so many times if you've grown up in church, if you've gone to church camp or gone to a conference or retreat or a Bible study, there's this thing I like to call camp syndrome. It's where you go to a camp, you get your life completely changed by Jesus. You have an encounter with God. You say you'll never be the same. And then you go home, you get on that bus and your life looks exactly the same as it did before, Mm -hmm. uh, the week before. And so I believe that happens every single Sunday in America where Mm. we, it doesn't matter what church you go to. I believe people are experiencing the creator of the universe every single Sunday, every time they come in communion with other people. 
But the reason we don't leave change, the reason why Monday morning looks the same is because we didn't take the time to take what was in our heart and in our minds, uh, a spiritual experience and make it physical. And so at our prayer rooms, at everything we do, we have this idea of like, we're going to encounter God. We are coming with that expectation, but we are going to provide a space and a place for you to do something about it, whether that's telling somebody, whether that's journaling, whether that's researching the business he wants you to start, whether that's calling that person and forgiving them, whether that's uh, sending in those adoption papers, whether that's signing yourself up for marriage counseling, you know, things like that. So our prayer room is designed with time, with space so that you can have an encounter with God and then whatever he is asking you to do, we're encouraging it. So we want you to bring your schoolwork, your work, your laptops, your journals, (laughs) because that's the space we want it to be. And that's kind of the essence of my mountain and everything that we're going to do moving forward is this idea that intimacy with God produces activity for God. Yeah. That's the coolest thing, man. And, uh, what I love about that is, for one, it sounds amazing. I remember we sat down at a coffee shop. Man, when was that? We were hanging out with another friend, and we just you told me about my mountain for the first yeah, time. That was, was with that Kyle a, Jorish. Shout yeah, out to Kyle. Kyle's the man. Was that a year ago? Or that was a while ago? ago. That was last summer. Last summer, a year ago? Anyways, I remember just being captivated by the idea of it. I was like, hello, something that my friend is doing where he just wants to partner with me and the people around me and whoever is willing to come to just like re- energize our dreams. Like, why wouldn't I want to be a part of that? And so what I, you know, you know, for our listeners and even me listening, like that sounds super amazing, encountering God, all that different stuff. But I think there's instantly that maybe like, maybe like a shame or like a doubt that we have, like, well, well, I, I've never done that before. What does that, what would that look like if I was in the room? Um, and what I love about just the conversation we're having here is, uh, it's regular people like us who have our own struggles and different stuff walk into a room and it's just so normal, like making it normal to encounter God. Mm -hmm. Like Lord, like it's as simple as coming in and asking God, just like you like had lived a Christian life and had your struggles and said, what, you know, Jesus helped me fall in love with you. And it's, I think we don't ever, I shouldn't say that, but we often don't realize or believe that it's as simple as just saying it. And then something can change because maybe we've been there before or we've, we've had those camp, whatever you say, the camp syndrome experiences where we go to a church or a camp and we leave and it feels the same. So then next time we go into that experience, we're maybe filled with doubt. And so I love what you're doing with my mountains. Like, no, let's just, let's not do anything fancy. Let's let it be an, a natural common encounter with God, you know, meaning that can happen on a daily basis, but let's remind ourselves of how amazing that is and let it actually impact the way that we live. So I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, um, again, it, it, it feels so challenging because it, it is, it's mysterious. Relationship with God is mysterious. You can't get around it. It's, it's a mystery because we don't relate with God exactly the same way we relate with those that we can physically see yeah. and smell and touch, um, and hear. And so it is mystery. But when you look through the lens of relationship, which is Every time you open your mouth, your your words are painting that picture, painting mm-hmm. that relational picture, which is which is what I love. Um, but relationship requires engagement. So relationship with God means two people have to be engaged in the relationship. Yes. And so my part of the relationship is to live life like I am listening, I am looking. 
and I'm asking him to help me respond to what he's showing me, to what he's telling me. And so I love what you're doing there where you're giving, you're giving them action. You're putting in the way you said, putting into activity. That's your part of that's how you stay engaged. You stay engaged by acting. Um, and yeah, just beautiful, beautiful. Um, so before we talk more about that, just for those of, for those, so we're here in the Twin Cities. This is uh, where this is being recorded, and this is the area that you live in. Um, actually, you're in the studio with us today. Most of our interviews are phone calls, but Caleb's actually in the studio with us today. Um, but those who live in the Twin Cities, just tell us how, how they would get to a Monday night uh, a, a experience. Where is that happening? When uh, exactly? Yeah, how do they, how do they jump on? Yeah, uh, great question. So you can visit our website at mymtn.co. That's my mountain abbreviated.co. You can follow us on all social media platforms. But uh, right now we're meeting in Hastings at a church uh, that has so graciously opened their doors to us that are allowing us to meet every Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m. And it's very much come and go as you please. Um, as Taylor said, like we want this to be a normal part of people's uh, days like we're we're leading how we kind of lead all my mountain things is this idea of how a shepherd leads of how we're going to bring our sheep into a pasture into a field but we're going to let them walk around and explore it and and do what they need to do and so our our prayer nights are very much like if you want to sit you sit if you want to stand you stand if you want to sing if you want to sleep if you want to read and so uh, if you're looking to come and join us it's at Branchline Church in Hastings and bring okay. like I said bring your school or bring your work, bring your Bible, mm. bring a journal. We'll provide a journal. We have some sweet My Mountain journals that we give away for okay. free. Awesome. But yeah, that's where you can find us for right now. You can also listen to us on Spotify. We got a album where we, again, yes. like on the, on the same vein of we invest into people's passions. I know a lot of great songwriters and worship leaders. And one of our first projects in My Mountain was investing into that and recording that and believing that it's going to help people experience God. Wow. Cool. Um, when I think about the the mission of Worship is Life and when I think about the mission of my mountain, those two coming together, the verse I think of is Psalm 37.4, very familiar verse for Christians that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, and in my upbringing, my years, um, I took that verse the way that I think probably many people do. Um, is that, oh, wow, I have desires. Yep. Um, and if I ask God, he's going to, he's going to let that, you know, come to be. Um, and as I've dug deeper into that verse, um, I've realized that what it's saying is that, and here's where our two missions come together. Delight yourself in the Lord as we stay engaged with God, as yes. we stay connected with God, then the give, the word give you the desires, is actually he's putting yep. those desires in you. He puts desires in you to lead us and guide us. And those desires are uh, dreams that are connected to gifts and talents um, that you're helping people uh, chase after and fulfill. Um, so you're helping, you're coming alongside people who have been given gifts, dreams, desires, and helping them to 
to see that come to fulfillment. So what are, which is, which is just amazing. So what are, what are some other examples? Do you have some other examples that you can share with us of how uh, that's actually playing out? Yeah. So a lot of what we do is like you said, through relationship, I think our biggest resource as my mountain, cause we're a very small organization at this point. Um, so we don't have a ton of resources, but what we do have is very, very quality people. Yeah. Um, people that believe in each other, it's a um, community. people, it's yeah. a community really is what it is. Um, and part of what I tell people is, um, is that their dreams are safe when it comes to my mountain. I believe fear is a big factor, um, and why people don't chase their dreams and their passions and use their gifts is because things were said or there's a disappointment that was had. Um, but I love what you're saying about the Psalm about how God will give us the desires of our hearts. Um, and really what we are trying to do is build a community of people that are seeking the same thing. And that is the Lord. And then through that, he is, watering these dreams and these desires and these things in our hearts. Mm. And the best way to do that is in community. Like you said, we're, we have these individual experiences with God. Uh, but then I believe telling people, praying with people, encouraging people is the next best thing to do to make it a reality. And uh, something, so we do worship nights. So to come back to your question, and unfortunately with COVID, we've had to stop doing these uh, worship nights, but hopefully We'll get to them again. But at these worship nights, basically, uh, I come up, I share a story from the Bible. We worship for an hour and a half. But then the ending of every worship night is I tell people, you're going to find two or three people and you're going to tell them exactly how you experienced God tonight. You're going to tell them about Mm -hmm. the scripture that he put on your heart, the dream that he put in your heart, what you journaled, because what's going to happen, and we've seen this happen in the six or seven that we did at different churches last fall, is this, uh, is that what people share is what people needed to hear and what people shared, uh, then they were encouraged to chase after the things that God had given them, the desires of their hearts. And that like, you can go to a worship night anywhere. Like you can, in the twin cities, especially like we have a ton of great places that are doing worship nights that are doing prayer rooms, Sunday mornings, you can find so many good churches. Um, but kind of what we do differently is that community piece at the end where we Mm -hmm. say like, man, take what's out of your head and what's in your heart and don't let tomorrow be the same. Like tell Mm -hmm. somebody. So then there's also accountability there, but Mm -hmm. there's also encouragement that you're not going to hear, uh, any, anything fearful at our events. We're going to protect that culture. Um, because I don't, I don't know if uh, we'll get into this, but I'm just going to say real fast, the reason it's called my mountain is because of Joshua 14. And it's this whole idea that uh, we're coming back to the promised land. We're coming back to the things God placed in our hearts. Mm. Uh, and we, the reason we have to come back to it is because fear took it away in the first place. And uh, we yeah. see that with the 10 spies who were so scared of what was about to happen that they discouraged an entire generation of people mm. And that entire generation of people didn't get to see the promises of God. And I believe that's still happening today. And that's why we're doing what we're doing is to release people from fear, release people from disappointment and bring them into the passions and gifts that God has for them. And so that's why, uh, when you're at a, my mountain event, like it's very encouraging, it's very inspiring. It's very equipping. Uh, once we've confirmed and affirmed a dream or a promise in your life, those things will be held at the most uh, highest regard mm. and seen as very valuable. Beautiful. Yeah. And I've been in the room when that happens and it's a special moment. And uh, even just the way you communicate, like um, 
you've said before to my mountain event multiple times, I think you maybe open every time with this kind of that camp syndrome thing where like, you know, I've talked to people that have got back from church and I said, how's church? And they say, fine. And you're like, if you just encountered the God of the universe, it should be more than fine. Like, tell me about it. And so that was just so, um, you know, just a big revelation for me. And so I love being a part of those moments, something that we had a phone call earlier this week. We were just talking about life and catching up, um, not even connected to this podcast. And I want to just bring this up before I forget about it. You had kind of given me, um, just a little concept to use that's kind of been changing my life this week and even different circumstances that I've walked through. Um, can you just, and I, and I think it applies to those moments at the, my mountain events. Can you talk about just the loving the person in front of you concept for a second? Yeah, for sure. Um, so like I shared before, disappointment is one of my biggest fears. And it's so funny, Todd, that you bring up that Psalm of, of, uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart because, when I, uh, like I said, my dad's a pastor, um, and I was raised in faith and all this stuff. But when I encountered these two huge disappointments in my life in high school, the verse that was on my mind was he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. And I said to myself, that must not apply to me. So none of this will applies mm. to me. So I don't want anything to do with you, God. I'll believe wow. uh, in you for all of these other people. I'll believe that you died on the cross so I can go to heaven. But as far as what you have for me in this life, like I don't want anything about it. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny, the redeeming love of Christ is now where like, where I was saying, I don't want anything to do with you. Now I'm saying I want everything to do with you. I want to squeeze every ounce of glory I can before I die out of this <laughs> world because I believe God will give it to me. And that's the desire of my heart now and how that verse is just completely redeemed and reconciled. And so, uh, and that matters with what you're asking here, Taylor, uh, is this idea of loving the person in front of you. When I was living life for myself, um, I thought I had to manipulate and control and play the game of life, play the game of relationships, say the right thing, do the right thing, mm. put off this type of aura or this type of confidence or this type of whatever people wanted to wanted wanted from me. And it wasn't so much about people liking me. It was about getting what I wanted. Um, and I think uh, even now what I've been learning in the, in these past several years and what I was sharing with you is that sometimes uh, we'll have people right in front of us or situations right in front of us, but let's keep it at people right now where there's other people in the room or there's other things going on in our life or we're distracted um, and we might say things in that conversation to get out of the conversation sooner or we might say what that person wants to hear so we can get what we want. Right. But in reality, the simplicity of what we're called to in relationship is just loving the person right in front of us. It's and really that good. love always looks the same. That love always looks sacrificial. That love always looks like serving. That love always looks like protecting. Um, basically, 1 Corinthians 13. And if you do that with the people that are right in front of you, mm -hmm. what I've learned in this past year is you will no longer have to play the game. You will no longer have to manipulate or persuade people. Um, how we got this room at Branchline Church was simply because I asked the head pastor of that church if I could pray with him because he said he was having a bad day. Hmm. And that conversation led into them giving us the keys to the building and saying it's yours every Monday wow. night. Like I did not have to go in there and tell that man what play he wanted game, to hear. Right. I didn't have to play the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to manipulate it. I didn't have to persuade him. I just had to love the guy that was in front of me where I said, hey, Joe, how's your day going? He says, terrible. When I... After I got done with my meeting, it was like, hey, can I pray for you? And now the kingdom is open. Mm. 
and cool. the kingdom can manifest. And I did not do that so I could get a building. I did that so I could love the person in front of me. And I think when we do mm. that, yep. that's that's how God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. He could just say the word and it could be done, but he wanted to partner with us in love in sacrifice and serving others to make this world a better place. And how that relates to my mountain is that's everything. Like that's why we use our passions and our gifts and our dreams and our desires is not to get what we want. It's to change this world. It's to transform this world. And we get to enjoy ourselves doing it. That's one of the main things I tell people about my mountain is I don't believe changing this world and establishing the kingdom on this earth is about saying, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Because that's too far away. God wants to create a new heaven and a new earth right now. And he wants to use the things you enjoy doing, asking people where they're going to go when they die. It's very awkward. I've been a Christian of a long time. And that's an awkward conversation with most people that I don't even like to have. But if I can talk to somebody about their passion about music and I get to jam with them and I get to write songs with them. And even if they're not a Christian and I get to experience God in my own way, there will be an opportunity where I get to love that person mm-hmm. and they're going to ask questions mm-hmm. and they're going to open up. And there's uh, Jesus, uh, sorry, I've been talking so long here, but <laughs> Jesus in Luke 10 sends people out. And he says, just love them, put peace on their house. And when they offer you food or a place to stay, you will know the kingdom of heaven has appeared. And Mm. that is when you preach Mm. the gospel. Mm. You don't go in preaching the gospel. You love people. You bring peace to a town. The kingdom of heaven will manifest in generosity. And that is when you will know there's an open door to tell them about who I am and what I've come to do. So that's what my mound's about. That's what loving people in front of you is about. It's not about manipulation, persuasion, or control. It's about serving them and watching the kingdom of God manifest. We worship God best when we love others. And that's how God grows his kingdom. And you, uh, you describe that so beautifully. Um, you mentioned, um, that this nonprofit is new. Resources are limited. I know what that's like when we launched this the ministry of Worship is Life seven years ago and, and those apprehensions and fears and wondering where the next uh, supply is going to come from. You mentioned, you know, the story of, of the provision of the meeting place uh, at that church building. Um, do you have one or two other stories of just God's provision in this journey this last year and a half? Of course. <laughs> of course I do. Um, yeah, I love God's provision. It's very, it's, I think it's how he establishes our trust and faith in him mm-hmm. most is when he provides for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll share one story. So last year we, uh, did our like first event in June and, at the event, um, we we had vendors, we had things we had to pay for. Um, but at the event, uh, we we handed out these connect cards because that's what I had seen done before, where we got people's information. And mm. on these cards uh, was a little box that said, "I will support my mountain financially." And at that time, we hadn't had our giving platform set up, and so we we got these cards, and then I emailed. Uh, these people and told them when our giving platform went up, well, a week goes by and nobody has given. <laughs> and I still have some of these these uh, invoices from the vendors and stuff uh, from the vision night. And so I'm stressing out. I'm like, Lord, okay, 
like nobody's given. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? I'll never forget. It was a Wednesday. I had a part-time job at Dunn Brothers at that time. I woke mm. up at five o'clock, went to Dunn Brothers till 11, got done at Dunn Brothers. was like, I need to, I need to make phone calls. I need to write emails. I need to write letters. I need to ask mm. people for money. Mm. And the Lord said, how about you take today off? I said, uh, and I had originally planned to hang out with some friends and I was about to cancel on them so I could go mm. do this. And the Lord said, no, go hang out with your mm. friends. So I went and hung out with my friends, get done around five o'clock. Okay. I got to write letters. I got to write emails. I got to make phone calls. I got to, I got to ask people for money. And the Lord, uh, I'm a huge Colorado Rockies fan and the Rockies were playing. And the Lord said, how about you just like watch the game? So I watched the game. I get done with the game. I was like, okay, I can't, I can't call people, but I can write letters. I can write emails. I can do all this stuff. And the Lord said, how about you just spend time, time, some time with me? I said, well, this is really stressful, but okay. <laughs> and I spent some time with him and it was an amazing experience. Probably one of those mountaintop experiences. Hmm. And he said, when you go to work tomorrow, like for my mountain, I want you to write thank you notes not notes asking people for money. I want you to write thank you notes to the people who have supported you, hmm. who have given so far, all this stuff. I said, okay, Lord. I write these thank you notes. Nothing happens. <laughs> I go and have a meeting. I go to Branchline Church, actually, um, and I'm working there. And I'm like, Lord, I owe people money. Mm-hmm. And and they weren't, it wasn't late at any, like by this point, like I was just feeling the stress of yep. it. And yep. the Lord said, I want you to write thank you emails now. And so I write two thank you emails. This song called You and You Alone by uh, Upper Room comes on, which is all about gratitude. Hmm. And it's one of my favorite songs. And so I look down at my phone and I look back up and in my email, I got a notification from Mighty Cause, the giving platform that we use. And somebody donated plenty more than we needed wow. for the for the vendors. And it was none of the people I wrote emails to or thank you letters oh my to, nor a person who filled out a card. What? And I look on, ins- oh, I should say this, the day before on Instagram, I, a girl had posted, how many times does Jesus have to come through for us before we stop questioning if he will <laughs> or not? And I go to oh, her yeah. page because it's on her story, a 24-hour story. I screenshot it and it disappeared. And it was literally 24 hours after she had posted that. So I talked, to, I shouted out Twitter and Instagram today of how they ministered to my life. If you use those platforms to minister to people, you'll probably never hear about it, but it's changing people's lives as yeah. God is putting that on your heart. So yeah, that's good, man. anyways, that's one of those times where mm-hmm. like God really showed me, you know, hey, just sit and I'll take care of it. So that is the coolest thing. Yeah, I think a lot of times we're praying, we ask God to do something, and then when it happens, we can chalk it up to coincidence. But no, like God answered, hmm. literally he was like hmm. speaking to you, asking you to be obedient, and you were to like, and I love also that you snuck in there and nothing happened. Like there was a, a probably hours of like, oh my word, this kind of sucks right now. So cool, man. Hmm. Um, well, hey, Caleb, this is episode number four. And uh, at this point... Um, <clears throat> You know, we've had on, on the last three episodes, uh, we've actually had a family friend uh, phone in and just kind of uh, ask the guest a couple questions. And he's he's kind of a regular at this point. So is that cool if is that cool if he comes of on? Of course. So I'm going to give me one sec. I'm just going to um, he's waiting on the line here. Let's see. OK, uh, we'll try to keep this quick, um, but I know you like to do this. So, Billy Bob, um, here's Caleb Wire. Billy Bob, huh? 
Um, am I on with Caleb Wire? <laughs> Billy Bob? Is this Caleb Wire of my mountain? This is. Be Caleb Wire of my mountain? It is. I, it is such an honor to talk to you. I just love what you're doing with my mountain. I mean, well, first of all, let me just say I know a thing or two about a thing or two. For instance, I know that my mountain has put out an entire worship album. That's right. Wow. Have well, you listened? Well, well, of course I've listened. I hope these guys, I hope these guys are telling people how to get how to get to my mountain and, and how to get and and how to get to to listen to the music. This is this is awesome. This is and your vision and your mission about about helping people fulfill their dreams. Um, um, okay, I know something else, Caleb. Yeah, Billy Bob. I have a dream. Oh, I'd love to hear about it. Well, it's true I have a dream, but I'm, you know, I'm just not ready to tell tell people tell people what it is. But I do have a dream, so I just wondered, like, if you were gonna, you know, what kind of uh, help, what kind of advice, you know, I'm looking for advice. Like, I'm not ready to share the dream yet, but I am ready to 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 learn how to chase it, to learn. How how to take steps to 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 seeing a dream fulfilled? What what would you say to someone like me? Oh, I'd have a lot to say. I'd love to grab coffee with you sometime, Billy Bob. <laughs> but I think the quickest thing I can share obviously has to do with Jesus. And in Acts, I think it's the third chapter. Um, I think it's James, John, and Peter get questioned about what they're doing and their ministry and kind of the dreams they're seeing fulfilled. Yeah. And yeah. the people who are questioning them say or they don't say, they're astonished because they see that they're ordinary, uneducated men. That's me. But, the, but they took note that they had spent time with Jesus. And That's it's me this too. whole idea that if you spend time with Jesus, you'll be active for Jesus. And I would just encourage you, Hey, if you're not ready to share your dream, that's okay. I didn't share my dream about my mountain for a couple of weeks after I had it because I think those dreams are the special ones when we know uh, we have to hold on to it and treasure them in our hearts. And so I would tell you to do that. Keep thinking about it. Keep dreaming. Invite Jesus into it. Mm-hmm. You'll uh-huh. do great. That makes so much sense. And you describe me to a T. <laughs> to a T. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, I'm glad that uh, Caleb could help you, Billy Bob. I know... Um, Billy Bob, you're a close family friend, and uh, yeah, you could use you know a little help here and there. So I'm glad Caleb could bring that today. Yeah, thanks, Billy Bob. Um, that was that that just opened up some great doors that was for, profound, for yeah. Caleb to help our our whole audience. Um, well, Caleb, it has been so great having you on our podcast, um, and yeah, I just hope people have been encouraged and blessed, and uh, we're just standing with you. And I just love how. Our two missions connect and intersect, and I'm even looking forward to down the road um, how we just continue to uh, have a synergy together and, and help one another. So God bless you, my friend, and thank you so much for being on with us. Thank you so much. If you're interested, come out to the prayer room Monday nights, Branchline Church, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen to our debut album, Desperate for You by My Mountain Worship, anywhere right. you listen to music. For more information about My Mountain, head over to their website at mymtn.co. 
For resources and to find out more about Worship is Life, head to worshipislife.org. My name is Caleb Wire, and you're listening to the Worship is Life podcast. Worship is Life.